Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. All right. The question I had from the last episode, and this is going to like kick us off on our ranty McRanty rant. That is the show title, correct? Yes. <laughs> ranty McRanty rant. All right. <clears throat> What do you think it's going to take for the NHL to shut down their operations? Players vote, plain and simple. I'd say a global pandemic, but. (laughs) That that doesn't seem to work. (laughs) Best interest, something, something, NHL, something, something. I mean. We don't have to rehash it. We know why they're doing this. And on one level, I understand and can empathize because there are people who are employed by NHL teams that are without jobs, without paychecks right now. And whether, you know, they're getting income subsidies and they, you know, they're making ends meet. That's one thing. But no one's really thinking about them with all this return to play and, and lawyers negotiating stuff, keeping players out of the dark. Not, none of that is really at the forefront of anyone's mind as far as the decision makers go. So Heck, no one's even thinking about the coaches. <laughs> oh, oh anyone else. <laughs> I'm thinking about the coaches and we'll get to that in a little bit, but I'm telling you the players can vote this down to wait 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 before you continue with that thought okay you're talking about the nhlpa standing up to the nhl when was the last time that happened really uh 2004 and what happened oh i was gonna say 1993 (laughs) uh the the infamous 10-day strike yeah that's true Last time they put their foot down without having someone help them tie their shoe with their and foot. or and or someone like uh, Bob Goodnow to throw under the bus because that's what happened in two thousand five. So yep. So the likelihood of, of players who can't even control themselves enough to stay out of bars to vote this down. Look, I will not besmirch the name of Justin Falk. I mean, uh, certain St. Louis Blues players who happen to pop in my head immediately mm-hmm. upon hearing this. Um, <laughs> I look at it one of two ways. If they go into this and it fails and people get sick, especially the players, not so much, you know, the random social media employee who is now required from each of the 24 clubs to at least one. Yeah. Which eh, makes, like I said, I can see both sides of the coin. I understand. Doesn't mean that one person can't be the youngest player on the roster that you're bringing in from junior. Doesn't mean it can't be him. Uh, But if the players are dumb enough to vote for this and then they put themselves in, in harm's way, like beyond being within a bubble 
staying inside their rooms if they break rules and protocols like certain blues players did now that they're in their whatever crazy phrase neighborhood bubble <laughs> no whatever cryptic privately because what secure zone is, is that is that what we're calling the bubbles in Canada, the economic secure—I mean, I mean, the the hockey secure zone. <laughs> well, there's nothing secure about hockey. I mean, all these guys are emasculated. Let's be honest. Ooh. You said that, not me. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> me because I just put in only half my day's work at 5 p.m. Eastern, and I still have several hours to go tonight. Uh, anywho, yeah, uh, this is on the player's shoulders. It's do they want a CBA fight or don't they? And that's that's what this is going to ultimately come down to. If they're willing for a fight, put their put their health and the health of everyone around them, and vote against this. Simple as that. I'm just gonna let you guys go because uh-huh. the sound of my head hitting my desk for the next 40 minutes probably wouldn't make for good podcast. Probably not. It could be a nice like ASRM thing, but <laughs> I, I, as a hockey fan, and knowing you know what concussions to do. Can do to people i would highly advise against it and i do not have a legal disclaimer i only pretend to be a fake doctor on a podcast that's funny i only pretend to be a hockey fan on a podcast i uh slept at a holiday Inn express once so i'm good <laughs> there is a always leave the light on for you joke but i just can't make it right now there is no light on in my brain, so don't worry about it. I just honestly, I just I have been off Twitter by and large for about a week and just sort of started looking yesterday at Bobby Margarita's Alley of Friedman's tweet storms about the qualifications in phase three, and I didn't read it. I'm just so <sighs> baseball players are opting out. Tired teams are opting out because the testing results can't get done fast enough for them to feel secure. So they're opting out. The problem with the the NHL has, according to. Are pundits we <laughs> are, are we at 30 players and unlimited and staff goalies. i think we're close right uh confirmed there, cases yeah because there were nine today oh no total 35 okay okay so we're over 35 so okay. and that's including the people who were not tested at team facilities right starting going back to june 
and some staff, right? Right. Or you just include, okay, yeah, because that yeah. whole Tampa Bay thing. Well, and then St. Louis, one of the coaches, it was four oh, players right. and a coach. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, what I what I liked about about the and liked is sarcastic here in case you're gonna miss this. Um, <clears throat> was how there is the ability for players to opt out, and I can't help but be cynical about that. It's like opt out without penalty is actually what was said, and I'm thinking. Right, but the penalty is going to be when they're blacklisted and they're trying to resign after their contract's over. Because they weren't, quote unquote, a team player and they didn't want to be in the lineup, boo hoo. Or they're Roman Polak and already secured a contract in Europe and publicly or quasi publicly stated, yeah, I'm not coming back. They have until tomorrow, Tuesday. So, or do they? Because we're talking legalese and everyone floated out July 7th as the date. And now it's apparently three days after something is signed off on by some fictitious entity, according to a 57-page document. Which could be a fictitious entity by itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly it's a dummy corp. Clearly. You're going to say, Patrick? <laughs> it's my offshore corporation. I'm sorry, Pat. Damn it. I do. I feel dirty. It's my Bahamian country. My Bahamian corporation. I'm terribly sorry, Pat. Um, I mean, I just, set, I just put the ball in the tee. Uh, would we say fair estimate coaches players we're looking at roughly 30 people per team no because uh, are you, you're talking about like who's going into the bubble quote unquote yeah yeah uh, it's it's a 30 man skate skater roster okay. oh, that's right that's right and with then, unlimited goaltenders right okay plus the coaching staff plus the um, the one the, team, for... the player staff yeah, plus the and then, one for expendable victim of social marketing. Right, social media marketing type person. And then, and then, oh, it gets better. And then when they get to the quote-unquote conference finals, then they're going to allow family to come and join them. I, that, that's, that's on the other side of the bridge. I'm just talking about sort of a rough number of day one. Oh, um, I it's, would estimate so it, what, like... 51. 60, 60 no. people? No, because they've actually put a cap. So those are the minimums that they have to hit. But in whatever configuration of their number, if they want to bring 25 players or the full 30, they're maxed out at 51 representatives of a team. Yeah. And I believe yeah. that is based on what they can secure as far as rooms at select designated hotels within their quote-unquote campuses so we're looking at 1200 people yeah in two locations in two locations now after a week 
you know, I think that's one thing that isn't thought about and is going to be very strange. So the whole concept of being in a bubble is if things get worse and they will get worse, everything is bounced around and isolated to a bubble. And ideally, everything stays within that bubble. But But what happens... Here's the phase four secure zone bubble, quote unquote, consisting of defined boundaries within which are hotels, dining destinations, the arena, practice facilities, and other demarcated areas indoor and outdoor. So basically they're creating a neighborhood, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Where, Where they can wander around within like the downtown core or wherever they decide that's going to be. It's an Olympic village. Yeah, but without the, but without the ability to like, maybe without the ability to um, keep people out. It's like a conference. It's more like a, it's more like a business conference, I think. Well, actually, I think there is an easy way to keep people out. Tell them they're all sick already. No, you just air dry all the dirty laundry. Uh, all the hockey just, gear. <laughs> and just create a sink. Well, the gear is one thing. The laundry is another. Mm. People may want that gear given how much it, it costs retail. Uh, no, but like the 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 concept of the bubble, it can work. No, we have no faith that it will work. <laughs> we fully expect, especially in Toronto. Unless, you know, they were to build a bubble inside the middle of the mountain and there's only one door in and out, we expect the good Ontario boys to break it and, you know, repeatedly and and create chaos. But my bigger concern is what happens after, you know, the play in games and teams are released from the bubble and they return home? Yet, given how quickly certain tests and how quickly, you know, results are coming back for said tests, you know. I'm just going to stop you right there. And it's, all right, go for it. Because literally just had our son tested today because he had to go to the doctor for a completely unrelated issue and they just offered it. And the nurse said three to ten days. And this is a this is just someone off the street. Yeah, three to ten days. And as I mentioned earlier, um, there was an entire baseball team who still hasn't had their test back, and they're sitting on over a week. Mm-hmm. And they've multiple te- I think it's up to two teams now. They've canceled mm-hmm. everything because, which seems like the responsible thing to do. Correct. So, they can't take risks and, and start having players travel. I'm circuitously leading back to this. We already have roughly 3% of the NHL population of 1,200 testing positive. That's kind of high, don't you think, to be letting them in? I think with players, it's actually closer to like 5 or 6%. If we're if we broke it out specific, I was that's why I was asking about the 
what the maximum cap was, right? 51. Mm-hmm. And we got 35 confirmed cases between coaches and players. So, you know, considering the one of the things that I saw was coaches weren't going to be required to wear a mask on the bench, which, you know, okay, I get it. But, uh, you know, you've got almost 3% of them right now today have tested positive. Mm-hmm. And that's just the ones that have been tested. Don't you think that number is probably going to double by the time we get to this phase three? I think so. Well, especially since right now at team facilities, there's not supposed to be any larger than like, what is it, 12 people on the ice? Oh, did, like, oh that's right. They expanded it. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. they're doing they're doing two shifts of, of skaters. Yeah. And... Um, you don't even have the coaches there. You don't have the full staff there. You don't have the full complement of players there. And we're already at 3%. Right. See, my concern is for the coaches, honestly. It's like I'm concerned for everybody, but mostly the coaches because... I don't know that they're going to be tested as regularly as the players. You know, especially if they're not required to wear masks on the bench, which seems suspect to me. But I mean, that doesn't mean they're not going to. It just means they're not required to. So hopefully people have some common sense and they're actually going to wear masks on the bench. (laughs) But, you know, it's like spitting and sweat flying everywhere and... well, and you're screaming. You can't you can't normally converse to eighteen players on a bench and or the guys on the ice and tell them to change. Can you? Right. You're yelling. So you've now just exponentially increased the throwing distance of your uh, of your viral um I had a better job for this. I just completely lost it. Gosh damn it. I've had, I'm, my life's um, You know what I'm saying. You know, six feet is for normal conversation, respiratory droplet type thing. If you're screaming, you got projectile droplets. Well, I mean, not only that, you're, if you're not wearing a mask, your mouth is open for anyone else screaming at you or, yeah, you yeah. know, flipping uh, you sweaty know. hair or, you know, whatever. I, I'm just, I'm going, I'm, I am encapsulating just the one person, the coach, who is going to be just a freaking lawn sprinkler of spittle. Yes. Yep. And we're already at 3%. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why I, I asked, is like, in all of this that I have seen thus far, and I know why they're not doing it, but I have not seen any cutoff. I've not seen any, if we get to this point, we're shutting everything down. And that's totally because the NHL wants to be able to have, you know, move the goalposts without people knowing, you know. No, it's, it's, it's because McDavid and Crosby and Malkin and Tabes and Kane haven't tested positive that we know. Or Ovechkin. 
right? So for the biggest name who got outed was Austin Matthews, and we haven't heard any follow-up. Apparently, he was in the asymptomatic phase when he got tested, tested positive. We don't know where he's at as far as the maturation. And the, yeah, and they're not going to they're not going to say no. that's no, they, and they, they shouldn't. shouldn't. Right? I mean, I was, yeah, but. You know, if they're looking at all of this, and those guys are safe, eh, until the Stamkos, or um, actually, I don't think they'd give two donkeys about Balkan. Until a Stamkos or a Crosby or a Veskin or uh, a McDavid gets hit with it and actually can't play. I don't think they're going to care because everyone else is replaceable, right? Right. That's their that's their mentality. Unless it's Jonathan Taves, and then the whole thing's coming crashing down because that's kind of why I mentioned him earlier. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, and you know there is still that half a percent of me that oh it'd be fun if they could pull this off and you know they make it through with what we know to be relatively unscathed because we don't know. We don't know any long-term ramifications of people that are asymptomatic versus those that are symptomatic. But the more I hear and the more I I read the legalese uh, last night because I was bored and I had already finished the Russian five documentary again. Um, yeah, it's just all all this stuff sounds great, but how much do the players actually really know? And how much do they actually care? I, I'm sure I'm sure it's half and half. I'm sure there are some that are just all right. Can we get back? And I under I understand those that want to get back, that want to try and earn some of this playoff income, that want to limit whatever, you know, basically whatever penalties are going to be held against them in future paychecks. I understand all that, but there's also that population that's just like, I have no idea what I'm really walking into and what it's really going to take. And you still aren't giving me the answers. And yet I have to vote on this in a couple of days. Again, 3% of them today are going to walk into that bubble. Unless those three percent are being excluded. Now, I don't. I I didn't see anything, and maybe but nothing jumped out at me that said, "Are is any of those people that have tested positive in the last two weeks going to be excluded?" Uh, there is language for that. There is something, but what's written on the piece of paper, and then what happens in actuality, are two different things because. We don't know the date of trans- transaction or transmission or whatever the proper medical term is for getting, you know, COVID. But, like, is the date that a player is released back into the wild, for lack of a better term, we, we don't know. It's completely arbitrary. We don't know if they're completely asymptomatic, if... 
they're then going to get multiple antibody tests that say, all right, they're free and clear. It's just we're still making this stuff as we go along. I know, but what I'm trying to get at is I'm playing the devils of the devil's advocate. The devil went down to the devil advocate. Um, Say one of those players tested positive with Sidney Crosby, and the language is written in such a way that they are strongly discouraged from entering the bubble. Do we start seeing a rash of training injuries? Is he out for two weeks, or is he out for a week with a upper body injury that he suffered during training? I honestly think all reporting of injuries is going to be put aside. It's well, they can't do that. They can't talk out of, but they're going to have to say stop the bookmakers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They can't piss off the bookmakers, right? They can't. They can't piss off the TV partners. Well, I mean, they do that on a fairly regular basis anyway, but yeah, no. because they don't care about their TV partners anymore, which I thought was funny because the whole thing that fell out of it was one question I never got to ask and I didn't see anyone else really pose positive to anyone was how thrilled do you think MSNBC is that both the hub cities are in Canada? Well, a country that MSNBC barely knows exists when it comes to but- hockey. Well, they can go the second egg because look at a pirated feed. It's it's not like NBC has actively been reporting on any of this or covering any of this on their family of networks. They haven't cared about hockey since the day they got it. Huh. Again, you know, to beat this old horse into the ground, did they do anything with their flagship sports network that they're trying to launch with the one big property they had? They don't care. No, it just filled some hours, and they did it from their perspective on the cheap. Yeah, because it was, if I remember correctly, this was sort of like a revenue or profit share deal because it wasn't that big to begin with, and there was some sharing model that went in there. So, you know, they put in as much effort as they needed to make money off of it and and not enough effort to make the NHL money. Kind of seems they just minbarred the whole thing, but I digress. Or I, I mean, egress. One of the three players in the contract year, something, something. Uh, I would like to point out that as we've been chatting in the last five to ten minutes, it has been recorded. One of the MLS teams has announced or is getting ready to announce that uh, they will not be competing in their back-to-play tournament because yep. they've had so much transmission of the disease through their club is just not going to work. Yeah, and see, that's what I was wondering, is that how many teams would have to forfeit for the NHL to fold this whole little exercise? Not because star players are sick, but because half the team is sick and it just hasn't gotten to a star player yet. I mean, I, I think that magic number is nine. Nine teams would have to bow out. Since I think you're about right. Yeah. Since the league has agreed to reseeding and 
you know, there are these play in tournament rules that aren't specifically a playoff game. They can always change the number of games teams play in like a warm up round. But as soon as you get below 16 teams that can play and the quote unquote integrity, even though that's the way wrong term to use NHL, <laughs> um, as soon as you can't have a 16 team playoff, it's over. I really think that's the case. That's kind of where I'm at. See, I'm thinking it's going to have to be like 14. I think that they would no. say, we could do 15. We could do 15 teams. We could make that work. And then, you know, once they got to 14, they'd be like, okay, we can't. I don't think they'd ever be able to do 14 or 15 because you would not get sign off from the teams that had buys. They couldn't right. give a buy to. That's actually what would be. Right. If you had 15 teams, one team isn't playing, who do you give the buy to? And that would be the that would be the deal breaker. And the players have already agreed to the format, which means any modifications to that have to go back to the players, and that's just gonna that's just gonna throw a wrench in everything. Right. So instead of potentially starting in August or whatever, you're not looking to start until September or October. Boom, season just, over. We're starting we're starting twenty twenty one. And then you've got the whole unintended consequences of the first team out. Is that now team E? <laughs> oh yes, that, that lovely subject matter that we have yet to cover yeah. <laughs> took a week and off because life. <sighs> life. Life is um yeah. yeah good old team e. yay team chaos by the way yeah i hey you know right but um yeah <clears throat> i love that it's a, a, essentially winnipeg's plot right? <laughs> if, if they were going by you know ordering and everything that would have been winnipeg's winnipeg would have been bumped up Hypothetically. Mm-hmm. And man, wouldn't the Winnipeg Jets love to have a kid that they can chase off their roster in a few years? Um, <laughs> oh, you mean Line Because they found his replacement? That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's what I'm saying is, you know, you get rid of one by bringing in another one who you can chase off the team by bringing in another. You know, so it's just a revolving door of 22 year olds bolting, you know, out one of good Winnipeg. player. Yeah. No supporting cast. Right. You're just changing one out for the next. It's yeah. it's like it's like the old rich men who keep getting older but they still date twenty year olds. That's because they get older, they stay the same age. Right. As I get older, they stay the same age. Yeah. You know, Mark Shifley's gonna be thirty going, there's a twenty year old on my line again. You know. <laughs> Let me posit this question. Who's the one for one trade partner for Patrick Line? Because you know they need a defender, and it's going to create the same scenario as the Taylor Hall experience. Montreal. Yeah, except we, except we want <laughs> Margarita. So, Victor Mete for, for Patrick Lyonet. You, you heard it here first. Because Mete might, you know, 
But or it's any Montreal defender who. Uh... No, see, I was thinking Shea Weber actually. I I was thinking I wasn't going Montreal. I was thinking Nashville. All right, I'm now attempting to see if this website still works. Hey, Cap Friendly still works. Oh, it's, Cap Friendly. Yeah. It's been a hot been all over it. Well, I, I think the uh, servers had quite a bit of downtime in recent weeks. But, yeah, I, I suppose Nashville would be a nice partner. I could see uh, even Calgary. Oh, oh. Here it is. The Winnipeg Jets get Aaron Ekblad. There you go. For Patrick Line. The trade was one for one. Who do we need to call? <laughs> Don't worry. They'll listen to our podcast. And Grant, Grant, Grant if, you're, if you're listening this week, since you, you know, you and some of your partners with the new, you know, three on three league clearly listen, who do we need to get in contact with in Calgary? You've got to have some contacts. <laughs> you can ping us at 3B3 podcast on Twitter or 3B3 podcast at gmail.com. And the, uh, the, we're still open for consulting. Uh, right? Have have we been offered any contracts? Uh, our our rates are unreason. I mean, reasonable. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, no contracts have have a have a yet. <sighs> yet. I mean, you know, we're in that we're in that limbo of, of teams aren't making money, so they don't want to pay anything yet. So, you know, we might get more offers as we get closer to actual regular season whenever that may happen. We're willing to negotiate with people who are willing to make an offer. You can't you can't negotiate if you don't make an offer. And I think they're just frightened. It's because we're too awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at some point, they, uh, I don't want to say this because it's just going to open up a whole lot of but at some point, they do have to fix the lottery, kind of. Um, the waiting, the, well, when you have an aggregate where the aggregate has a higher percentage than the top, you're kind of. Your distribution model for percentages really kind of sucks. Well, I know, but this is the NHL, and that's what they like to do. I know. I mean, all right, let's do this tangent. Uh, all 30, 31, 32 teams are entered based on regular season standings. Tampa Bay last year should not have gotten a little bonus although it never worked out for them because they <laughs> they got embarrassed keel hauled as i like to say darn yeah. it yeah there, there's a tragic as the person living in the united states south there, there's a term i don't hear too much anymore uh keel hauled keel hauled uh just if if you want to inject a little chaos let everyone play by the same rules because 
if this is if a system like that was in place now, none of the GMs could have bitched and moaned about you know trying to hold a draft before the end of play or or, or whatever. The league before they announced you know announced it announced it. Uh, the regular season was dead. They could have set the odds based on the standings and just gone forward with it. There would have been no team E situation. They could have held a draft already instead of just twiddling their thumbs and letting contracts expire last week. So, which is another beautiful thing. I know this is such a wild time and nobody can make any rules that make any sense, but having having some contracts expire on a normal date while other contracts don't expire on a normal date is just so COVID. It's peak NHL COVID. It's peak sports COVID. You know. Yes. If this if this pandemic had happened around the NBA free agency deadline, which I don't think is until next month, somewhere in there, whatever. Um, could you imagine the ESPN specials that would be going on right now? There would be eight, twelve. 16-hour block of NBA free agency discussion. That would be fun. Yeah. Uh, uh. (laughs) (laughs) Some of us sooner rather than later. But meanwhile, the, the the Pro sport with the oblong ball, they can still sign players to 10-year, $450 million U.S. contracts. Because their their season's only 18 weeks long. One game a week. No kidding. And on top of that, they're not guaranteed contracts, so there's like no no consequences for ownership, like signing people to those things. No, they just play a game of football again. They don't care. Well, they'll care if it, you know, something happens the day after they pay that big bonus. But so to bring it back full circle to all the, you know, legalese documents that the insiders had to take a break from their summer breaks, quote unquote, uh, last night. I found nothing in, especially inspiring in any of their CBA negotiation tactics. It's basically, how are we not all going to lose money at the end of the day? Seems to be the outcome. In the Olympics, which, which it's smart. It makes sense. It it shows uh, we're all kind of boned here, so let's let's navigate this water together. But then the only carrot that was really thrown out there was Olympics, which I guarantee outside of a, a two week break, most of the players don't really care about. And well, then was, uh, before you go for before you go any further there, I would say flip over your watch and look at the old countdown clock. How close are we to the Olympics? You think we're having winter Olympics? Mm-mm. No, but you know what we do have? 
a tentative agreement on a CBA, uh, uh, whatever MOU stands for, because, you know, my brain Memorandum is- Memorandum of understanding. There it is. <laughs> We've entered peak uh, humidity and pressure season here in North Carolina, so my brain is fried, <laughs> literally. You need That's some more sweet tea. tea. Oh, God, no. Keep, keep, that, <laughs> keep that garbage out of my system. That's, that's the great thing about the South. It cooks you from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Gets, you get that good steam going. Well, first they create a, a little bubble inside your system, and then the pressure, the air pressure just spikes. So mm -hmm. your head's a balloon all the time. It's 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 perfect. So by by I guess week's end, we will know all the details. Who opts out? Who <laughs> who votes on what? And I will be pissed if we don't get an NHLPA vote total like we've seen in other leagues. By team? Like how no, by individual players. So the oh, National no. Football League Player Association had to ratify a, a new CBA just you know, a couple months ago. And it was nearly like a 51-49% vote. We better hear those totals this time around. Unlike the fan vote totals for the All-Star Games? But what, the what now? Uh-huh. Yeah. They do that? They have those? They did. They just didn't like my draft. Um... <clears throat> To find a way to get one of my players in. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what I want to know, and I, I, maybe I just haven't been paying as much close attention as I could have been, is voting on the MOU separate from voting on actually return to play? Or is that combined together? It's it's all lumped together because... Well, that was stupid of the PA to do. <laughs> I mean... Because? Well, I mean, that's just like a rhetorical statement about the PA in general. Because everything, with the exception of there's going to be a little bump in entry-level contracts... Uh, everything benefits the uh, the veteran player. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, I get why it's lumped together. It makes sense because one thing does affect the other. And well, no, because I mean, what I'm what I'm saying though is the is that the PA in an ideal world, which we of course don't live in, should have used leverage for the, the return to play thing to create the MOU, but make it separate so that they could vote on the MOU and still vote down actually having to play. So it's two separate things. So if, if they were smart, if they had thought about it, that's the way they should have done it because then they could have gotten everything they wanted and still not have to play and get sick and die and all that. I I think that's where the opt out's going to come from, which will be really interesting if we see, you know, a thirty percent opt out rate in the next, I guess, 
I guess the the clock on that procedure starts now. So I get why what happened happened. Did the, did the players association use the hammer that was in their hands? Absolutely not. They just picked up their kids Fisher Price hammer instead. <laughs> Uh, picked up a rock to try to like hammer in a nail all right all right since news is breaking and everything we say is going to be out of date i have a question for you guys maybe maybe we land the plane here i I, i'm gonna i don't have a question i just one more thing what do you think is going to be higher the, the percentage of players who opt out or the percentage of players who test positive? Oh. Percentage of players who test positive? Are you Absolutely. kidding? No one's going to opt out. Yeah. Right. It's okay. like almost no one is going to opt out because if they opt out, then that's like they're they're admitting they're not quote-unquote a team player, and God forbid they should do that. Well, Unless, of course, they have a legitimate health issue that they're concerned well, which about. Is, that's what, that, you know, we'll... we'll so one percent or so of guys who do have legitimate health issues of diabetes one type one guys and I know but here's the thing is one guy that has asthma probably a couple more is it is that some of those guys have decided to join their teammates at team facilities let's all talk oscar lindblom who hadn't even completed his chemotherapy you know, because he has cancer or had cancer. And when you do chemotherapy, you have a compromised immune system. And so he went back to Voorhees, the Flyers practice facility, and was skating with them before his last cancer treatment. I'm uh, I, I'm going to watch that grenade roll into the room, and then I'm going to walk out of the room. Because <laughs> that you- is a mess of ugly I don't want to get into. I get you. No, I'm just... I'm... And then everybody, and, and my last my last little thing, and then everybody was like, good for him, congratulations, I'm making it back. And I'm like, You're, you, you've got to be effing kidding me. Really? <laughs> really? This guy has a compromised immune system. He's not done with chemo, and he's back in a training uh, all right sorry go ahead pat all right with all this said um how much longer is donald fear head of the pa because i think his time is coming to a close very soon this has been the 3v3 podcast follow us on twitter at 3v3 podcast we're available for nhl consulting at reasonable fees